And we're back. This is part two of Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a political discussion program. We'll be on again the week of September 23rd. For our second part, we're going to transition to the latest developments in the federal election campaign. I know the writ has not yet been dropped. The campaign proper is not yet started, but news events have been popping up all summer. What are we thinking about the latest uh, in terms of the uh, ethic commissioner's announcement? Is this a big deal? Or, as someone on the CBC said this morning, it smelled in, in February... But the stick has worn off. It still well, smells. It, it, but it, let's stick? say that it's been scratched again. It's been scratched, and, and the smell has reemerged a bit. Okay, uh, and it's too early to tell. I think what the impact of this is going to be on the election. My guess is probably not as great as some people think or hope it will be. Yes, I, I had an interesting afternoon today. I was down near Toronto with a group of quite politically active women, one a former cabinet minister, in fact, um, and that we the, the talk turned to politics, as you might think it would, <laughs> and and we refer, mostly the representation was from uh, the progressive conservative party, and I, small p progressive, progressive conservative party, and the liberal party with a smattering from the NDP and probably some with no political conviction. It became very clear, speaking to friends who are progressive conservative, that they are not happy with their leader, and they can't see, you know, and that was a general consensus in the room, that sheer, you know, they are worried about sheer. Certainly the liberals wish that this had not happened, and most agree that this whole SNC-Lavalin situation has been handled badly by the Prime Minister and the party from the very beginning. They were behind the gun at the beginning. They've always been behind it. And I'm not sure that the Prime Minister's words in the last day has have really helped the situation a great deal. But And and the NDP, of course, and Sean can correct me, but I, I think they too are worried about their leader or about the, 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 the traction they're getting. So no one in that room... You would have thought perhaps my progressive conservative friends might have been saying, oh, goody, 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 and my NDP friend, but they weren't. And it was interesting reaction of the conservatives toward their leader. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Sean. Lot to unpack there. <laughs> You're the man, Sean. <laughs> well, um, you know, speaking from this, and I'll, I'll reference what I've talked about with this, with this whole, uh, uh, ethics commissioner debacle when it came out in February was that this shouldn't have gone this far. It should have been nipped in the bud. It should have been taken out of the hands of Parliament, and it should have gone to just a public, quiet inquiry to be dealt with. That would have been the smart thing to do. But there was a lot of there was a lot of gamble. That's what I said. Quiet inquiry at the time. It would have been nice. That's what should have happened. That's what really should have happened, but it, it blew up into, into something. And I, I spent some time, uh, when the ethics commissioner, uh, you know, we just, we just had twins, so I, all I do is watch the news on my phone while I'm feeding babies. <laughs> and, um, Tracy Ramsey, who's the MP, uh, down in, in Windsor area, said it very well, and, and I think it's not so much the issue itself, it's the idea that, that people are looking at this and thinking, you know, Trudeau's going to back up corporations. Shear's going to back up corporations. 
who's going to stick up for for people and put people first and that's where i think the ndp comes in and i i don't know what this is going to look like and this was said through funny enough peter mckay said this oh uh that he's not sure what this thing will look like and if it's going to have any impact on the election whatsoever maybe if it happened three days from election day it would be something but really we don't know Hmm. we don't know what this is going to look like and um i think i'll go back to what i said at the beginning was a public inquiry should have been made it should have been out of parliament and uh people could put it to rest and we could actually start talking about issues that benefit people and have that conversation lauren so if we go back to why they uh, were pressuring uh, the justice minister, or were they encouraging her to look again at the option of a deferred prosecution agreement? It was because of the 9,000 jobs at stake uh, if SNC-Lavalin was to uh, go down in flames, which is what they were told was going to happen. Uh, whether they were wrong in believing that, uh, I think, is certainly a matter for debate. And I think with hindsight, they would say, well, we probably shouldn't have believed them when they said 9,000 jobs and this is what's going to happen, etc. But if we want to talk about uh, sticking up for corporations versus sticking up for people, I'm sorry, but 9,000 jobs on the line is sticking up for people. And that is the balance that they tried to find between uh, standing up for Canadian jobs and for Canadians and maintaining the independence of the judiciary, which is an underpinning of our democratic institutions. And they got the balance wrong. Uh, And I think that's what you heard the Prime Minister say yesterday, was that he takes responsibility for what happened, and that he had already made moves in terms of commissioning the former attorney general to have a report to take a look at well listen if if speaking to the minister of justice about an issue like this is improper then because she's the attorney general they are the attorney general should those two roles still be under the same should it be one person who holds those roles because you want to be able to have political conversations with your minister of justice about an issue like this where 9,000 jobs are potentially at stake but how do you balance that with the fact that the other hat they wear is the Attorney General? So McClellan's come out with some recommendations, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with those in the days ahead. Jenny? I think as um, sure. somebody who doesn't have any allegiance to any particular political party, what makes me nervous about the situation is that it kind of smacks of what happened with the provincial government in the last election. Everybody thought, no offense, that the Liberals were crooks and we needed to get rid of them, and that's how we got Doug Ford. And right. that's a big old mess in and of itself, right? right. You know, <laughs> you know. But that's my biggest yeah. fear is that it, it for people who aren't maybe as into politics as we are. Again, it's about optics, and all politicians are crooks, and there's always shady stuff going on behind the scenes. And I'm not voting for that party because he's a crook. And right. then we get another Doug Ford, and that's my biggest fear. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, uh, but I'm, I'm also wondering about the level of understanding across the general public of what this uh, what this is all about and when it comes we're living in 2019 right now and when 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 you have a scandal in our news cycle first of all it, it, it happens really quick it crests really quick and it disappears really quick which is going to work to the, to the liberal advantage the other thing is as, as far as scandals go this is not a very juicy one and um, we we are living we are living in an age where, where you're much more likely to see headlines uh, around sexual improprieties, uh, around people doing things in the, their own personal self-interest, and and what's happening with Trudeau and the Liberal Party is is not even black and white to a lot of people. They know that Justin Trudeau has done something 
bad, but they can't quite put their finger on it. Uh, and, and sure, pundits like us can sit here and talk about it, but as far as the scandal goes, it's, it's not a huge one. And I think in the, in the long term, it will probably be forgotten during during the electoral process because there are going to be bigger and better scandals to come across and hopefully more issue-based conversations. <laughs> Sylvia, just before you start, uh, I should, to add some garlic to the soup here, uh, that's a tortured analogy, I, I, or carrots to the stew. All right. I did look up Eric Grenier's poll tracker just before coming in, and he has new numbers up today on the CBC, and it's an aggregation of all polls. Now, I should also mention that no polling has been done since the announcement, which was only yesterday, but up until this morning, pre ethics commission announcement the percentages stood the conservatives are at 33.7 and nationally well the liberals are just one percentage point behind at 32.7 now tim etherington scolded me last time about well numbers don't mean anything but trends so the trend that's what you look at so the the trend the, the conservatives are trending since we last met july 4th the conservatives are trending down 1.2 percent the liberals are trending up 1.9 percent the ndp are up by almost half a percent the Woo. greens are down a bit and the ppc mad max's uh, excuse me max bernier's party <laughs> is, <laughs> how much Bloc québécois okay um they are down at uh, the ppc is down 0.2 the, the block I do know are about 4.4 percent, which translates to seats in Quebec. Indeed, yeah, and and trends you have to know where those trends are. Yeah. You know, uh, are they in the 905? Are the 416? Is it you know? Uh, and that and I've forgotten now what I the, the caustic comment I was going to make before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Thanks listeners, a lot, Bill. listeners are preserved so by by numbers. <laughs> no, that, that's all right. Let, let's get back to caustic. And, and, you know, it's, it's such a in a way a typically Canadian scandal. I mean, because. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cost of <laughs> it. Is it no? And 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 it's what people uh, understand. And you're quite. I mean, people perceived it. Jenny's right. The people perceived in the in the last Ontario election in certain perceptions. So we throw them out. We don't really care much who comes in. And I'll give. And I did lose my train of thought. But I also would give Canadians credit that until fairly recently, at like at least, the sexual peccadillos of our our politicians mattered not at all. <laughs> Who's that? Lauren's next. So I would say, uh, you know, again, we're we're speculating and we're looking at numbers, and and it is very early days. Um, but uh, because, yes, full disclosure, I'm working on the Marian Monsef campaign. Although I don't speak for her and I don't speak for the Liberal Party, um, we did have canvassers in the field last night, and uh, SNC Lavalin came up at two percent of the doors. Uh, so, and of those. 
I, I said 2%, Sylvia. So yeah, but that's, how many doors? I understand you want the number of doors. I'm telling you 2% of the doors. Withholding <laughs> information. That is correct. Thank you very Caustic much. Caustic can cut both ways, yes. Caustic Trend Radio. Uh, I, I believe I see a new scandal. <laughs> uh, and, and of those who brought it up, uh, they were mostly uh, talking not about what happened yesterday, but in generalities. Uh, and of those, um, uh, half were still going to vote for the Liberal Party. Uh, when this came up at the time, when we were knocking on doors, because we've been doing it all the way through. Uh, again, it was very limited number of folks who would bring it up. And often it was liberals or liberal-leaning folks whose opinions were more like, I don't understand what is happening. Why is this happening? Can we not stop talking about this now? Uh, and it wasn't. It didn't seem to be the linchpin for someone to say, I'm changing my vote because of this. So we'll see, because you, it's really early days. Yes. Yeah. Would you say this, this scandal is, is somewhat manufactured? Is, is it more of a new scandal than it is an actual scandal. So I would say somewhat in the sense that if you look at this government's, uh, what they have done over the past four years, this is the biggest scandal, and I would air quote that, uh, that they have faced. But if you compare just to the previous government, I don't want to get into whataboutism, but uh, the scandals that they faced, being the only leader in the Commonwealth to ever have been found in contempt of Parliament, uh, I would argue was a much more egregious breach uh, of ethics uh, than what we're facing right now. But because this is the biggest, it seems to be that much more blown up. So I, I do think there's a bit of the outrage cycle that's happening and, and blowing it up. And it's sleepy summer and Ottawa pundits have nothing better to talk about, frankly, right now than this. I'll be very quick. I, I just think two points. I think people, given what's happening, what we see everywhere, and I did a column recently, I got some pushback on lying in politics. I think people really mm. are, many people are desperate to see truth in politics and see veracity yes. Yes. and integrity in politics, perhaps more than they've been before. And if this is going to have an effect, it, that will be the card that will be played. But I think the other point is one I made earlier, the weakness of the other two leaders, quite frankly. Uh, well, and we forget, though, this is the most popular leader in the country, at least last figures I saw, is the leader of the Green Party, Theresa May. Just when we're talking about scandal, I mean, I love a good scandal as much as the next person does, but as much as it... Not as much as the media. Well, this is true. I mean, and as much as it pains me to say it, I think what is going to work in favor of every party during this federal election is the nonsense that's going on in the U.S. We're so inundated yes. with scandal and like, and it's so outrageous that it really wouldn't matter what somebody did in Canada at this point. It's, I mean, it's nothing. It's inconsequential compared to what's going on in the U.S. Yes, we have no body inside. I, ha- I have to step in. I have All to right, step sir, in. Sir. I have to I have to stand up for old Jugmeet Singh just a little bit. <laughs> yes, you, you know, it's poor, you know, he's been doing amazing. And if you look at the analytics of his social media and I did this the other day in preparation cuz I knew Sylvia would bring this up. <laughs> So I ran some numbers with all the other uh, different leaders, and if you just look on, I, 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 you heard it here, folks. Uh, The if you look at the social media presence of each leader, so let's look at a platform like Instagram. Justin Trudeau has five point three million followers, which is which is a fairly good footprint for a Canadian politician. Conversely, uh, Jigmeet Singh sitting somewhere around five hundred thousand, which is a very good number. It's not as big as 5 million, but he's not the prime minister. If you look at Andrew Scheer, maybe 20,000. Wow. You look at Elizabeth May and the Green Party, zero. They have no social media presence on Instagram. 
And if you look into Twitter, you look into Facebook, these are where a lot of people who are casually involved in politics, this is where they're going to be following things. So I think that this could be a real marker to the, the charisma that Jagmeet Singh brings to things that I think has been a, a, is going to be a real sleeper cell for the NDP, that he is personally be personally very likable and i'd also say that the ndp platform uh, new deal for people is the best and most progressive platform that canada has had since ed broadband Mm -hmm. it's an amazing platform and it's sensible and doable and i hope the liberal party steals all our ideas (laughs) the former the former premier of ontario was also personally very likable So, so, so Jenny brings up the um, the the Trump impact, um, and, and we do look at the impact of American politics on on Canadian politics, on Canadian federal politics. But I think we have to look at what's happening on the provincial level and how that is going to affect uh, the federal election. So uh, here, well, I'll, stick, I'll start with Ontario because that that's the the home of of the Ford government. And if you don't think that. The, the Ford government is going to impact what's happening with, with Shears Conservative. Well, you just have to look at how he's being hidden. So we, yes. we, we've shut down the provincial election. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, let's get him out of here. It's, it's our only hope. So I think the impact of, of the provinces is going to spill over huge when it comes to the, the federal. Uh, to to your point, Donald, I didn't know uh, until I saw it on Twitter, a post from Dave Smith, that uh, Doug Ford was in Peterborough. Uh, ten days ago, for the women's uh, under nineteen lacrosse championship, and, and I've I've talked to several <laughs> local leaders uh, of political and business uh, stripes who uh, who met Doug Ford up at Trent University during the under nineteen lacrosse championships, uh, and and they were all super uncomfortable about the fact that they kind of had to get their picture picture taken with the premier of Ontario and I, and, I, and, I, and I felt for these people because you know when if you're a politician if you're a business leader you, you, you kind of you kind of have to and then you kind of hope that nothing ever happens to that photo <laughs> so two things uh, you know sort of in prepare preparation of the federal election on September 10th there is a provincial election in Manitoba yeah. which yeah. is also going to be very interesting and I, I cannot wait to relish in Brian Pallister losing government <laughs> okay manitoba's healthcare system's been completely gutted by his government um and i i don't think anyone would disagree with that i'm i'm rooting for the ndp and i hope wab canoe can be the premier of manitoba it would be amazing to see a first nations man be the premier of a province in canada um so all the best there but i think it will be interesting to see if the blue wave will hold so we've seen this this sort of trend of provinces going conservative and and losing a lot of liberal represent, representation. But in Manitoba is interesting because the Manitoba Liberal Party is not as big a contender. But it will be interesting to see if right wing populist, you know, we're the defenders of Canada holds from right. Brian Pallister. I don't think it will. Right. Uh, the other thing being we we've. Sp- almost spoke nothing of of what's going to happen in Quebec. I predict in the polls that I've been reading and a little bit of Eric Grenier's work as well is we see the Bloc Québécois inching towards success in Liberal and NDP ridings. And that's going to be a very, 
very interesting night. Well, I mean, there, there, there's trends of nationalism around the world. And, and how much is uh, the Bloc Québécois really joining with that well, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call that you know conservative uh, uh, nationalism whatsoever. They're the social they're socialists. Yeah. The Bloc Québécois are socialists, or Parti Québécois, whatever they are now. Yeah. And, uh, and and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Quebec because you know remember that that dark time in the nineties of the Reform Party. The Bloc Québécois was the opposition in Canada. Yes, that's something that could possibly happen again. Food yes. for thought. No, garlic no, in the thank soup. You. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we are winding down. Uh, last thoughts. Make sure you register to vote. Yes. Make sure you go out and read all the platforms. Uh, make sure you go and knock on doors for your favorite candidate or your favorite party, however you want to look at these things. And go to as many debates as possible and ask the question that you want somebody who's going to represent you to do. Okay, Jenny. Just to circle back to our first topic about the tent city. Sure, sure. It doesn't matter what happens. None of us here are going to solve that problem. And I don't know that any of us have the expertise to solve that problem. But the bottom line is the people that are living there, they are somebody's something. They're somebody's child. They're somebody's father. They're somebody's daughter. They're somebody's something. And they deserve the same dignity and respect that we all want. And so I think, you know, kind of the name calling and the divisive talk, it's not helpful to any situation. I mean, personally, I'll own it. I don't think it's a great situation that's going on in the park. I think it needs to be resolved and they need to move along to some, but to move along to someplace better, that someplace that's going to serve them, that's going to serve their purpose and that's going to meet their needs. And I think the people that are really missing being involved in the conversation is the end user of the services. And that is the people that are in the park. There's a lot of my, my very dear friend, Donna, you know, I love her to death and she coined it perfectly when she said there is a bunch of yak sessions going on people sitting around drinking coffee writing stuff in notebooks and doing a whole lot of nothing and i just think we can do better and they deserve better can i please please (laughs) just to pick up actually because i think it's important we go back we go back to our first topic to pick up on what you just said jenny one one of the ways that the housing first units are governed in finland is they are self-governed, and that includes the, the workers who are there as well. If it's an issue, you don't have tenant meetings. It's sort of like a town meeting that's self-governed. But I think one thing that the, the the tent city, so-called, has done for us is that it makes us aware of the issue. That we yes. have hidden our poor for so long, and we're comfortable doing that, and all of a sudden we're very uncomfortable because they're very public. And on that note, well, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for coming in. And uh, this is our 14th program and our last show of the summer uh, here on Trent Radio. So please join us at 92.7 on your dial when we return on the week of uh, September 23rd. If you miss us on the radio, you can always download the show as a podcast by the end of tomorrow, pintsandpolitics.ptbopodcaster.ca. And if you have any questions, please comment on the uh, podcast website I just mentioned above, or send me a note at bill.templeman at gmail.com. So thanks so much for listening, and thank you, uh, Sylvia, Lauren, uh, Jenny, Sean, and Donald for coming in. 